This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Built by Bama online podcast presents Daybreak for Friday, May the 29th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you three times per week here on Daybreak. Now, coming up in just a little bit, I'll be joined by Hank South, Recruiting Analyst for us there at BOL. We'll get Hank's thoughts on the commitment of Ian Jackson, the four-star linebacker from Prattville High School to the Alabama Crimson Tide. You saw that on Thursday around midday. Ian Jackson making that news public via social media. We'll get Hank's thoughts again on what the commitment means for Alabama. You watch tape of Ian Jackson. This is obviously a very versatile defender at 6'1 plus and 210 pounds. Can play on the edge, can play in space, has played in the secondary during his high school career. Watching his tape, he is kind of like the high school version of Clemson's Isaiah Simmons the last few years. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, 6'4", so 230 pounds. So, you know, still some maturation to take place for Ian Jackson. But you like the versatility. You like the athleticism. You see a variety of ways in which he can be used in the future on this Alabama defense. Also, another in-state commitment for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Been a run on in-state players here the last couple of years. Alabama now with six commitments for the class of 2021. And Ian Jackson is in-state commitment number three of that group. So a very nice run on in-state players over the last two-plus classes continues with the commitment of Ian Jackson. We'll ask, we'll talk with Hank South about that aspect of Ian Jackson getting on board coming up in a little bit as well. Have some other items we're going to get to first. You heard from Nick Saban on Thursday night as a part of the Larch Mobile football preview that takes place on an annual basis down in the Port City of Mobile. Unfortunately, because of the coronavirus pandemic, the 26th annual event uh, was forced to take place virtually this year. You heard from Nick Saban. You heard from Kirby Smart of Georgia, Gus Malzahn of Auburn, Jeremy Pruitt of Georgia, Dave Aranda of Baylor, uh, gosh, Clay Helton. Uh, It was all pretty much taped, recorded, so not a lot of in-depth commentary from Nick Saban uh, on Thursday night, but we have that update for you. Charlie Potter has that update for you there at BamaOnline.com. Something else that I thought was particularly interesting that we saw sort of unfold on Thursday evening, Pete Thamel, the national college football writer for Yahoo Sports. Now that we understand that the moratorium on organized activities on college campuses where athletics is concerned has been lifted, the next step, and what you sort of wonder as a college football fan or someone who covers it 
uh, for a living is, okay, what is a preseason potentially going to look like as far as fall camp and some of the ramp up to a 2020 college football campaign? And Thamel had some interesting notes on that via Twitter on Thursday night. According to sources, uh, Pete Thamel, the NCAA Football Oversight Committee met on Thursday and they are heading toward recommendation of a six-week preseason football camp for the upcoming season. In fact, Thamel says that in the next week, the Football Oversight Committee is going to determine uh, what that sort of format could look like before formally recommending it for approval. According to Thamel, the FOC will make that recommendation to the NCAA Division I Council, Council for final approval mid-June. Coming up here in a couple of weeks, a couple of three weeks, I guess, is the target for that next step. And it makes you wonder, what would a six-week time frame for a fall camp consist of? Because when you say fall camp, you're talking about the time typically before the start of fall classes, which at the University of Alabama coming up in August, that means the 19th of August. That's the first day of classes on the academic calendar year for the fall semester at UA coming up. If fall camp is defined by Pete Thamel as the the preseason workouts and practices that you have, in advance of the start of the fall semester, then a six-week time frame would have perhaps Alabama getting preseason practices going somewhere in the neighborhood of the second week of July or so. So when you add it all up, it's sort of still in line with what you've heard from Nick Saban and some other coaches previously, you know, a couple weeks perhaps to get into fundamentals, try to get back into a routine, an orientation of sorts for new players, and then ramp things up as you get into August and start to really prepare for the start of another season. So interesting stuff from Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports on Thursday evening. Also, as the parent of an incoming freshman at the University of Alabama, we received an email on Thursday from Stuart Bell, president of the University of Alabama, thought it was interesting that Bell, in that email, uh, stated that UA is exploring the most effective ways to implement a number of protocols that will promote the health, safety, success, and privacy of each individual member of the UA campus community. These will include enhanced cleanings, the appropriate use of protective equipment, and the potential modification of traditional classroom settings, among others. In addition, with guidance from the ADPH and the UA System Task Force, UA is planning to implement a COVID-19 testing and symptom tracking protocol. The effectiveness of the plans will be enhanced, according to Stuart Bell, through the campus community's use of a COVID-19 contact tracing tool that the UA System Task Force is developing in partnership with Apple, Google, and the ADPH. According to Stuart Bell, this will be a voluntary opt-in tracing tool for students and staff that will allow the university to harness technology 
without sacrificing the privacy of the individuals who use it and in turn help with the slow slowing of the spread of the COVID-19 virus so that in the words of Stuart Bell, we can all be safer together. So there you go. In terms of students getting on campus for the fall semester, came across that on Thursday as well. As far as some SEC items of interest before we get to Hank South here on Daybreak, how about JT Daniels, the former quarterback at the University of Southern California, announces his transfer to the University of Georgia. The quarterback dominoes, man, that transfer portal where the quarterback position is concerned, it just never seems to slow down. So now at Georgia, you're going to have transfer quarterbacks in Jamie Newman from Wake Forest, who will be anticipated to be the guy this fall. JT Daniels, if you remember, had a knee injury early in the 2019 season that sidelined him for pretty much all of the the year. And that opened the door for Keaton Slovis to step in there and really do some good things as a true freshman in 2019. And it is Keaton Slovis that Alabama anticipates facing in Arlington, Texas as the quarterback of the Trojans on September the 5th. So JT Daniels now to Georgia. You also have Jamie Newman at Georgia, and guess who else you still have at Georgia? Carson Beck. Remember Carson Beck from the 2020 recruiting cycle just a few months ago? You probably do if you're an Alabama fan because Carson Beck initially was committed to Alabama before flipping to the University of Georgia, which in turn paved the way for Bryce Young to flip from USC to Alabama. Did we get kind of everybody? Did we bring that all the way back around to USC, going from JT Daniels previously at USC to Bryce Young previously committed to USC? You can get a little dizzy trying to keep up with quarterbacks these days in college football. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Hank South, recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com. We'll talk Ian Jackson. We'll talk in-state recruiting. We'll do that and a whole lot more with Hank South on a Friday edition of Daybreak right here on the Built by Bama Online podcast right after this. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And so let's talk to Hank South right now on Daybreak for a Friday. Hank, of course, a very busy man these days as the Crimson Tide on the football front continues to add to its commitment list for the 2021 cycle. Most recently, Ian Jackson on Thursday makes it public that he will be a part of this latest recruiting hall for Nick Saban. And Hank, as we bring you on here, first and foremost, I got to know, how's young Maxwell sleeping these days is he sleeping through the night at this point uh, it's, it's hit or miss <laughs> but you know that's to be expected and you know it gives me if i'm up i have time to you know knock some stuff out for work you know before before the day starts so you know there's there's uh silver linings to it but you know, we're getting there and hopefully pretty soon we'll be sleeping through the night 
Yeah, multi kids means multitasking to a whole nother level, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, time management, I guess, uh, becomes more and more important as you increase the size of the brood. But uh, certainly happy to hear everything's going good on that front. Hank, some good stuff for Alabama, obviously, on the football recruiting front with Ian Jackson making his commitment to the Crimson Tide. Let's talk about a little bit of how this came to be. Uh, obviously, an in-state product, a guy who not all that far away from the University of Alabama campus when you talk about Prattville. But when did Ian Jackson sort of emerge as a legitimate target for the Crimson Tide? And let's kind of work through that process. Yeah, so w- when we really started you know, tracking him and, and paying attention more to him in terms of, you know, mutual interest between he and Alabama, I'd say late January, um, Nick Saban stopped at Prattville high school. Um, I, I think it was one of the last schools he went to during that, um, January contact period when, when coaches can get out and, you know, evaluate kids, see them work out, um, prior to, uh, prior to signing day. And, and Prattville, I think was the, the Friday before that period ended. So they got in there, um, saw him. And then the next day, Ian Jackson came to junior day on February 1st and got the offer from the staff and, and had a chance to actually talk to Nick Saban, talk to the staff and, and, and uh, spend time on campus for a visit. And that's when things really start started getting going. He was going to come back for a spring practice. Obviously that was, that did not take place. Uh, but Bama kept in touch with him. You know, that, uh, you know, it was, we, we really started to see them make a push. I, I want to say, you know, late March that that's when it, you know, that they've been talking to him the whole time. But, you know, when we really start, saw the heat started to get turned up, it, it feels like that was probably late March. Um, and you know, all the while he was getting offers from everybody, you know, Auburn, uh, Georgia, LSU, all these schools jumped in the mix for him. But Alabama kind of just set itself apart with, you know, Charles Kelly and the relationship he built with Ian Jackson's family, um, you know, constant communication, whether it be zoom with the coaching staff, virtual visits. Uh, he actually said he made up his mind, um, that it was going to be Alabama on a virtual visit a few weeks ago. So, um, you know, Bama just did a really good job staying in contact with him, you know, building relationships with not just him, but you know, his family and, and the coaching staff at Prattville. So, um, big pickup and, and a guy, you know, a lot of, a lot of coaching staffs coveted. You've talked about this. We've talked about it in the past. Uh, some Auburn connections to Ian Jackson. Was this a situation where it was Alabama wire to wire, or was Auburn really in the thick of this thing? Maybe another school or two. Who were the primary competitors for Ian Jackson and his commitment where Alabama was concerned? Yeah, you know, towards the end, I think it was it was mainly Alabama Auburn. There was a little talk about Oklahoma in the mix. I'm not sure he ever actually made it out to Oklahoma. Um, Georgia uh, was in the mix. They actually got him on campus, I think, prior to his junior season. So so there was some you know relationship there with Georgia. Uh, but really, you know, it, it came down to Alabama Auburn. Like you said, you know, he, it's it's one of these things where he actually he has a lot more ties to Auburn than he does Alabama. His mom went to Auburn. His sister is at Auburn. He lives closer to Auburn uh, or, you know, in, in the vicinity of Auburn. So, um, you know, they were pushing for him towards the end. Bama's pushing for him. I think Bama just set itself apart with, you know, they offered first back in February um, at that junior day. And I think he just saw himself fitting better in the scheme. I think he liked the plan a little bit better. I, I know he really liked the strength and conditioning coaches when, when, uh, when we talked to him about that. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I, I think, I think it was, I think it's some points it was probably back and forth, you know, especially when Auburn offered later in the spring. Uh, but, you know, like I said, once he, once he took that virtual visit, um, I think, you know, for him and his family, I think they, they came to the decision that that was the best spot for him. 
you know, we hear linebacker and a lot of times we kind of make the association to just a certain type of player. But these days you can talk about linebacker in terms of really different skill sets, depending on maybe the position or just the individual in general. The one aspect that seems to be a non-negotiable, even at that position these days is athleticism. So in addition to that, maybe in connection to that, how would you best describe what Alabama's getting in Ian Jackson at the linebacker position? Yeah, just, you know, a versatile defensive playmaker. I, th- I think, you know, we, we caught up with uh, Caleb Ross, the head coach at Prattville, and he said, you know, his in- I thought the, one of the best quotes he gave on him was his in- instincts kick in when he gets around the football. Um, so, you know, he has a nose for the football. You turn on his tape. He kind of does a little bit of everything. He goes out and plays cornerback. Um, you know, he, he comes off the edge for Prattville. They haven't really played him inside too much just because they, you know, he, he's been more effective elsewhere. They started him at safety as a sophomore. Uh, he he played outside. Uh, he played outside linebacker last year, and there's there's a little tape of him playing cornerback as well. Uh, but but uh, Caleb Ross told us that they, they might you know play around and, and put him inside this year. Um, and, and yeah, you know he, he's he's closer to six two than he is six one, um, about two hundred and ten pounds. And you know talking to people familiar with him, you know that they could see him you know, easily getting up to 230, 235, moving inside at the college level. Um, you know, he, he's, he has ball skills. Like I said, he played safety for a while for, for the majority of his high school career, he's played safety thus far. Um, so, you know, he, he can play in space. He's a rangy, rangy kid. So really just kind of the, the total package that, you know, you, you can plug him in at several different places. And it was, he, he even said, you know, Bama has been talking to him about the money position, um, as of late in terms of, you know, where, where they kind of project him at, but at the same time, you know, he's still growing they're going to see how he continues to develop so it's kind of just up in the air we'll we'll see but definitely a guy they can do a lot of different things with yeah the money position in the dime at alabama that's typically reserved for a safety type Uh, you saw it the last year or two with xavier mckinney so that speaks to the sort of athleticism this alabama staff sees in ian jackson now with jackson coming on board hank we're talking about six total commitments for the crimson tide alabama rocketing up into the top 40 now hank of the 24 7 sports composite rankings we say that sarcastically because we know at the end of the day alabama is going to be just fine when it comes to team rankings um but you look at it and, and again three of the six are in-state guys You're coming off a year in which the state of Alabama produced eight Alabama signees. Uh, The year before that, you had six in 2019. Now, that may not sound like a crazy high amount, but it it resonates when you consider that three years ago, Alabama in its 2018 class, just two in-state signees. So I'd say that's a a pretty good compliment to what the state has produced the last couple of years. And it looks like it's going to be close to the case, at least again this year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in-state recruiting is everyone says it's the lifeblood of the program. You want to recruit within a certain radius of, of your campus, you know, so so you can get those homegrown guys. You can make it more easily accessible for their families to come see them. And it's just all around. You want to get the guys closer to you. You want to get the guys at home before you move elsewhere. And obviously, you know, Bama recruits nationally just as well as anybody else. But they've also done a really good job, especially the last couple cycles, um, you know, really uh keeping an eye on the in-state talent and the in-state talent has been there and it's, you know, looking forward to even 
2024. Like we're already hearing about some of these wow. kids that are just, uh, it's just, it's just the, the football talent in this state. Um, I, I think it's getting more and more noticed. Um, and, and you know, I think that's going to be very evident as the years goes on. But as far as 2021 goes, yeah, you know, Bama's not done there. They, they have the commitments on board already, but, um, some of their biggest targets are still out there within the state. And it starts with Quincy McKinstry at Pinson Valley. That's kind of a, a highly contested recruitment between Alabama, Auburn, LSU has come on the last couple months real hard. Um, and you know, that, that's that he, Quincy McKinstry leads, I think most defensive, a lot of defensive boards. He's up there on the defensive back, uh, recruiting boards. Um, and so he's certainly a guy Bama wants to add Lee Hunter, who's committed to Auburn. Uh, Bama has been pretty active recruiting him out of, uh, out of Blount high school in eight mile. Uh, we'll see. He, 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 maintains he's pretty solid with Auburn, but you know, you look at his Twitter account, he's tweeting about Alabama, he's tweeting about Georgia. Um, so it looks like the interest is there and he does want to take an official visit. And we saw last cycle, Bama, Bama flipped three Auburn commits, um, throughout the year, whether it be Des Moines Kennedy, Quindarius Robinson or, or JV on Cohen. So just because they're committed elsewhere, doesn't mean, you know, they're not still thinking about other places. And then of course, J- Jeremiah Williams out of, um, out of Ramsey high school in Birmingham. He's a, he's a big Alabama Auburn battle as well. So there's a ton of talent within the state. Um, and definitely, you know, Bama's Bama's aware of that and, and working on them. Yeah, and if you haven't seen it already, Hank right there at BamaOnline.com on the heels of the Ian Jackson commitment outlined who might be next on Commitment Watch for the Alabama Crimson Tide in the 2021 cycle. You can find that a great piece right there at BamaOnline.com. One of the few, if not the only recruit prospect that I saw in that piece that wasn't a defensive player, Hank, was Christian Leary. The wide receiver prospect who, for a time there, looked like he could be close to making a decision. But I know in the last day or so, you've unearthed some information that says that may not be the case. Yeah, so um, June 6th was Christian Lear's commitment date, and that was there was a significant date for him. It was his mother. It is his mother's birthday. Um, and so that was kind of what he was circling to make a commitment that day. And it's interesting because he had June 6th set back in March. Then he started getting a wave of new offers, including Alabama. And, uh, and he, he postponed it kind of indefinitely. Then a few weeks back, he set it again for, for March uh, for June 6th. And then last night he, he put out a tweet, um, or I'm sorry, earlier this week, I think it was, uh, Wednesday night. He put out a tweet that said, um, he was get, he's just going to make a com- commitment when he's ready. And so I caught up with him. I, I asked him kind of what that meant, if that means any time, or if he's going to wait longer than June 6th. And he said, it'll be after June 6th. So, you know, kids change their minds a lot. Um, you know, we've already seen them change his mind on June 6th once. So maybe he decides to reset it. Like I said, it is his mother's birthday. So there's an importance to that date. Um, but for now it looks like June 6th uh, is not going to be the day that Christian Laird commits. But again, you know, a lot of kids are making decisions now with this dead period being extended through July 31st. Um, you know, he, he, I think he's a guy that really could announce at any point. Um, he kind of has his final group whittled down to, to a handful of schools, whether it be Alabama, Florida, Auburn, Oklahoma. Um, so he, he kind of has a, an idea. He just hasn't been on a lot of these campuses to kind of get an in-person feel and whether he's waiting for that um, we'll see, but he has been doing virtual visits. One of them has been to Alabama and, you know, I, I think, you know, Bama has really been pitching that fit to him in terms of kind of that Jalen Waddle role. And I think that's really resonating with him. And I, I think he's taken notice of the quarterback position at Alabama and how it, it's pretty set for the next few years um and and i think that has um his interest peaked a lot in bama 
It's Daybreak, part of the Built by Bama online podcast. If you haven't already, we would certainly appreciate a subscription to the podcast. Leave us a rating and or a review while you're there. That would be greatly appreciated as well. And Hank, as we get out of here on this Friday morning, kind of lost in all of this and the shutdown over the last two plus months in collegiate athletics is the fact that you're going to be bringing together Alabama and elsewhere uh, football teams really for the first time of the 2020 college football calendar year. And I know you've been in touch with some of the 2020 recruiting class members who are, I'm guessing, very excited about joining the program for the first time. You were expected to have Alabama was 13 early enrollees. That happened back in January. But you're going to bring all these guys together, and that includes uh, – uh, a dozen or so newcomers. Uh, what are you hearing on that front in terms of timeframes for guys getting on campus here? Yeah, so it sounds like most of the guys are going to arrive um, in Tuscaloosa on June 1st or, you know, shortly after throughout. Probably, you know, there's always a, a couple uh, stragglers that, that come in a few days later, or, you know, when, when travel is most convenient for them. So, you know, you kind of have to take that into consideration traveling these days with, with everything going on. But June 1st is the date that's circled for most of these guys. I've talked to Quandarius Robinson, I've talked to Javion Cohen, uh, we talked to Tim Smith, and, and that's kind of the day that they, they're all looking at um, as far as getting to campus. Um, but some guys have actually already started classes online. Uh, Malachi Moore ha- has done that. Quandarius Robinson, I think. Malachi and Quindarius were in the same online class to start with their college <laughs> careers, the first day of school and college. So um, definitely kind of a unique situation, but um, it looks like move-in day is fast approaching for uh, for Monday. Going to be fascinating on multiple levels, given the current climate and environment we find ourselves in. But we always appreciate the great work of Hank South there with us at BamaOnline.com. You can check it out for yourself if you haven't already. The roundtable there with us at BamaOnline.com. A great place to hang out with Alabama fans from really across the globe. Well, Hank, we'll do it again soon. Thanks, as always. Sure thing. Thanks, Travis. For Hank South, Travis Ryer, thanking you for joining us on a Friday edition of Daybreak, part of the Built by Bama online podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.